All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 162. Jason Lingren is with me, and Benjamin Balderson is here to talk about alchemy. And actually, this turned out to be such an informative episode. There are so many things here that people can apply to the world they see around them. Some of the things, particularly things in hour two that we talk about, help dispel some of the fear porn. Uh, in hour two, it comes around to better defining the idea of Saturn. And how does that affect the world we see around us? But at the end of the day, I've said for a long time, there is no lie in nature. When you get stuck in this world and you don't know whether to turn right, left, up, down, you don't know how to make a decision that you can depend on, look to nature. There is no lie in nature. And largely, that is the foundation this episode is built on, covering alchemy and spagyrics. Let's jump in with Jason Lindgren and Benjamin Balderson. Cheers. All right, man. Welcome back to Crow 777 Radio. This is Where Are We Were, episode 162. Jason Lingren is with me, and today we will be speaking with Benjamin Balderson. We'll be furthering the alchemy discussion, but this time we won't make the mistake of uh, taking on what model of Earth we live on, uh, because there was hell to pay last time. There was a little bit of a crucifixion going on there. Not sure why that needs to happen, but anyhow, welcome, Jason. Good morning, and the crown of thorns were indeed being placed upon Phoenix's head. Yeah, I just walked away and shook my head. Um, the, the comments section in YouTube sometimes just turns into such a cesspool. I see why people turn them off, but to do that is a bit like an act of censorship in itself, so it's a catch-22, man. It is what it is, and uh, man, don't hold any thought process like it's a belief system, please. Well, it was funny. I went in there, and it's almost, you know, I can... Of all the people there, I can almost certainly state that every single person, with very few exceptions in there, uh, accepted the NASA model up until about a month after October 2013. Um, and we can document that. Uh, it's almost like accusing someone of being young as if you never were and then shaming them for it. It's disgraceful. But anyhow, um, you want to get something done in this world, try to build bridges. But um, do we have anything for the intro here, Jason? I don't believe so. The only show we did was the one we did together on the AM radio station out of New Orleans last week. Right. So uh, do you remember the, 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 I can't even recall the call. So is it WGSO? Is that it? That's it. Yep. Okay, uh, WGSO AM radio in New Orleans uh, has us on from time to time, and it does stream online. You can look it up, and actually I see Rose is probably sending me better information. It's AM 990. Thank you, Rose. Um, so you can find that, and it does stream online uh, from what I understand, which implies there's an archive. Anything else, Jason? Not unless you've done anything I'm not aware of. Um, I don't think so. I tried to get away from my computer as much as I could for the last couple of weeks. So people who haven't noticed me in the forums and stuff, I'm just trying to take a break. I've been at this three years straight and I'm starting to turn into a computer gamma ray. But anyhow, shall we get Benjamin in here? The time has come. Welcome, Benjamin. Hey, hey, Crow. Hey, Jason. How you guys doing? So it's been a few months since we spoke. Um, we're going to further the alchemical discussion here today. Basically, what that means is we're getting back to the roots of nature and the way it used to be viewed in maybe a saner time in our life. Um, well, almost certainly a saner time in the lives of human beings because we have all this technology coming online and we have the black shadow of AI, which is going to change everyone's world. As a matter of fact, I don't think there is a more pertinent topic 
um, and will not be a more pertinent topic than artificial intelligence for decades to come. That's where we're headed. But anyhow, uh, where would you like to start here, Benjamin? Okay, so I would like to start putting a finer point on spagyrics because we're going to need to do that to draw it over to some of the other things that we're going to do. So you start out with a prima materia, which is an entire plant. And then no matter what it is, prima materia is just what you're working on. So then you break this down and ferment it. The fermentation process creates alcohol, which separates the masculine and the feminine, which was what we're talking about with the feminine is the oil. And it pulls that away just like when you, if you put rubbing alcohol on your skin how it immediately dries your skin out and pulls the oil out it's doing the same thing to a plant it removes all the oil from the plant mass at that point you separate them out and now you have a masculine body and an etheric or feminine oils and mixed with alcohol now you have to look at these things as a prima prima materia again because we're going to separate more well, let, let's make a distinction here. There's also a maybe more overarching idea of prima materia, and I can hear people probably start shouting about it. So there's also a more philosophical principle of prima materia that basically is, uh, it's the material that everything came from. Um, uh, the idea of it being real, it can't be subdivided, this kind of thing, right? So we should probably yes. just state, state that so that we can point out to folks that there are differing levels of prima material, but go ahead, carry on. Absolutely. So it just depends on what you're working on. And, and while all we're talking about is what you're working on, basically. So we've now got the masculine side and the feminine side separated. Now, the first thing you're going to do is let's go to purification of the feminine side. The first thing you're going to do is get the water and the lipids out. These are going to be cellular materials and water. That's going to leave you with, and then this next you're going to get your alcohol. You're going to put it in a distillation, a fractional distillation. And the first thing, the lightest thing that's going to separate out is this alcohol. Which is ethyl alcohol. And just for everyone listening, that would be the spirit of almost every single growing plant in this world. So um, when you go to the drugstore and you see ethyl alcohol on the shelf, that's what you're looking at, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to be the first the first byproduct that you're going to distill out because that's actually a byproduct from the bacteria in the yeast breaking down the plant. So you're going to get rid of that or save it for a solvent at, at a later date. Either way, it doesn't fit into what we're talking about. So now we're left with the with the entire feminine body. We're going to distill that down fractionally, which includes that different heats. So at the lightest heat, the most volatile fraction is going to come off, which there was a lot of talk about cannabis the other day. So let's use that, which every plant, it's going to be terpenes and terpenes are going to be your smell, your flavor, your things like that. Then the next level, you're going to get CBDs that come off and then eventually you fraction up and you let off the THC. 
And to be specific, we're talking about it. I mean, somehow back in the day before there were thermometers that we're aware of, we're talking about a couple degrees, right? I mean, it, yes. it, comes, I it mean, comes to a very specific temperature, which kind of makes it all the more amazing when you see these old woodcuts of an alchemist with like terracotta beakers and some of them are glass. But the point is, these guys were nailing it within about a degree. Is that because of the color? It, it's amazing because the color side comes over into the body side more. And, and this is amazing that they controlled it because I have an old wood stove that we cook off of. I live off grid. And just trying to control within, say, 20 degrees to cook your food is pretty tough. The sense of it that I get, Jason covered part of it, in the fractions or the portions where color is evident, that is a big help. It's a bit like using a torch on metal. Um, you're right. looking at the colors of things. But for other things, um, I think there's other observational techniques that went into it. But let's face it, part of it was just being kind of one with what you were doing um, and being so kind of intertwined with the process um, that you knew what to do, when to do it. But go ahead, carry on. Absolutely. You were, you were looking at this and your entire being was consumed with what you were doing and watching. And so you saw these slight varying changes and, and took note. You, took, you look at all the most brilliant minds like Tesla, uh, Victor Schauberger, uh, all of their stories include, well, I was watching. <laughs> so just being observant about what you're doing is so key. We should mention as well, just so everyone's not mistaken, in any alchemical process, we're, we're, we're covering spagyrics here, which is the alchemy of the plant kingdom. Um, the idea here in almost all alchemy is you're not just doing these procedures to get uh, the end results of things you might hold in a vial or a beaker or whatever you're doing. You're also applying what you're learning to the human being, um, just so that's all perfectly clear. Go ahead. And absolutely, that's going to get tied in here. So... Now we've got the three levels of oil separated. And after this, such as in uh, Phoenix's Archaeus of Water story, we leave, that other, we leave that other fraction down there and his calling it the snake handler was beautiful. We're going to tie that in in a minute. So then we turn and we fraction off each of these levels giving us giving us a total of 12 etheric fractions. So now for the tree of life and the way we can look at this physically represented is we take four we take a box with four points, just a square and we turn it up into a diamond. So that's each of the four fractions and we have three levels. So we lay those down. Now we turn around and we go down to the body and this is where the color system is going to come in. When you first put that in, in your crucible in the flame, the first thing that's going to do, let's say you have green matter, is it's going to turn black. And what this is doing is, is bringing out the carbon. You're activating it. This is how they make uh, activated carbon uh, that everybody purchases for a lot of money. You can just take in a campfire out in your front yard and throw some nice hardwood in there until it starts glowing and the carbon's activated, throw it in a bucket of water and you have activated carbon. And you'll look at the best stuff and it says made from hardwood. What's the alchemical name? I mean, we're not talking nigrado here or calcination. Are that, we? That, that, that is calcination and right now we're in the nigrado phase. Okay, go ahead. Um, where is the blackening. And that means that the carbon is getting activated and brought out. 
after the carbon is brought out and released, because the carbon will release as you keep burning, it will end up turning into a white ash. So this is your whitening. Now, what the white ash is, is the breakdown of the cellular material. Now, after the cellular materials broke down and the salts are released from it, we have three levels of salts that come out. Which again, for people listening, that that would be considered the body, um, or what's what's the other word? No, that isn't. That's the, the body. The right? body. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. And I call and I call that the dense. Yeah, that's your dense crystals, your hard crystals, and that comes out as twelve crystals. And uh, it's going to be very familiar with people to look at your uh, twelve cell or tissue salts. And when you're looking at your cell salts, you're going to immediately notice that things are going to be like uh, uh, you're going to have potassium chloride, potassium phosphate, potassium sulfate. You see where these things are breaking down, where you put each one in the four dot, into the four dots. So again, you've got three levels of salts. So when it turns yellow, that is the one level of the, the salt sealing up. And when it, or when it turns red, and then the yellowing is where the salts are completely solid and bound together and all they're going to do now is glow if you hit them with fire from now on it's going to glow and you're not going to really change this anymore you've broken it down to its finest point so now we see that we've got the 12 salts so we do these uh, diamond squares again in a set of three representing the three levels of salts now you take the lowest box from the etheric and overlay it on top of the highest box from the salts and you have your entire setup but we're here on earth so before we do all the alchemy part of these releases is you have your carbon your water and your cellular material and that's your three boxes from the earth that overlay these two, which is what kept things locked up, which is why you're only accessing seven of your chakras. Because if you laid those three boxes over top of it, you can see that's your earth center. So you're suggesting that the tree of life that or, you know, with all the Sephiroth and all that the people have seen is actually truncated by, let's see, a third. Is that correct? So it's truncated by a third. It, the Godhead's removed and the root is cut on it. And okay. when I when I look so, at it and match it up to my tree, and again, you've got to take these three minds into account when you're looking at the tree because anything above the center line is etheric. Anything below the center line is dense. You know, and how everything moves in there. So when you overlay their tree on mine, the way it looks to me is the Godhead is gut, is killed is completely removed, and then the root is truncated down. You know, I, I think it's possible that if what you're laying out here is correct, that this is just hidden information that people that aren't in the know that haven't got that far don't get it. But let, let's try real quickly here to put a frame of reference around the idea of the 12 salts. And anyone, anytime you hear the number 12, you can immediately correlate it to the sky clock um, because we have 12 months. There's 12 zodiacal signs. The signs represent where we can see the sun during the course of the year. But um, maybe, and correct me if you think this is a bad explanation, but I'm going to try to take a crack at salt so people can think about it. When you grow something like a basil in your garden, um, those salts are being drawn 
uh, and made out of whatever the plant is growing in up into the plant. And so when you eat that plant, it has all these 12 what they call cell salts, which you can look up online. I think number 12 is silicea, which is basically silica. And he's yep. already outlined a few of the other names. But the plant has, I think it's called titrated. It actually hasn't, but it's what we call it in a lab. It, the particles are so small that like when you grab that basil and eat it raw, which is the best you can do, um, you can absorb all these salts. So I'm just trying to give an everyday wherewithal to folks so they can kind of understand the idea of the body or the salt. So anyhow, carry on. Yes. Was, was that so, right? Did you feel absolutely like that was it was okay, absolutely. And the salts absolutely come from earth. Like in the human example, the, the feminine. So your your the oils turn into vapor and the woman breathes in the vapor and provides the feminine. The man provides the masculine salts and the womb is where the, the basically your carbon, water, and cellular material or goo, you know, the life goo that the salts and the uh, oils are combining in. That's like the home where those two can meet. Almost like a womb, huh? Yes. Yes. And and each of those materials out of the three earth materials is very interesting because carbon, carbon can turn into a diamond and be a hard, a hard crystal. Uh, on the fermentation process, carbon's released in a vapor. Uh, you know, it can, it can go all over the place. We all know how weird water is. Cellular material allows all of this kind of stuff to reside in it and create, you know, gives it a shell. It's all very interesting stuff. So those are your th three earth things. And you need to remove those because those are truncating you down to seven chakras. As you can see, when you overlay the three earth boxes, well, when you unlock those, now you've unlocked chakra one and chakra nine. Funny part about all this with the twelves. So you had 12 etheric parts, 12 dense parts. And then the part that I said, talked about earlier that Phoenix Aurelius named the snake handler. And if you look at the tree of life, the way it's supposed to be, it absolutely looks like a snake. And so the snake handler is what unlocked all of this and unlocked one and nine or nine and one. And then the snake handler is one, right? Yeah, we see so many nines and ones in our uh, news, don't we? So you've got to wonder what the correlation well, there. There's very specifically that's nine one one. Yeah, that's that's a manipulation going on, is it not? Well, it's going to get worse in just a second. So the very next step is you take nine, you take the highest oil, and you connect it with the lowest densest salt. And when you do this, when you start it out. The salt, like I said, you can hit that with fire over and over again. And all it's going to do is glow yellow now and just get hot and glow. If you do that to the etheric side, that's going to vaporize and jump up and fall down and cool back and fall down to the earth. Two entirely different things. So now that you've unlocked all of this, you put them back together and the one and the nine back together. And if you put those in the flask and throw it to heat, both sides will rise and fall on that last distillation. You, it leaves the snake handler there again, and the sword gets removed from the stone, and you're left with, when it cools down, it'll be a, a basically a hard crystal.
So is this some version of the alchemical wedding that you're talking that, about? That is the alchemical wedding where okay. you've unlocked, where you've unlocked, you've removed the earth, unlocking the highest and lowest salts or the high, the highest oil and the lowest salts. And now you combine them back together. And when you do that with that purity, it'll leave, it basically looks like a rock candy, you know, a glassy yellowish substance. So let's give people a quick comparison to the way we live now. So you're referencing these old, old ideas, which apparently used to be the way medicines and remedies and all these things were made back in the day from nature, all natural, using natural processes, using a science that is only within the scope of what nature allows. If we take what the pharmaceutical companies do, um, I'll come as close as I can here. They're going to make a, you know, their version of medicine a drug. What they do is they skip two of the alchemical processes that were just described. Typically, the three processes are the breaking apart of a thing, the purification of its constituent parts, and then the alchemical wetting, which puts it all back together. What the pharmaceutical companies typically do in the creation of a drug is the breaking apart. So you can see what's going on here. So anyhow, go ahead, Ben. Absolutely. And that, and they're only getting half the medicinal value because they almost always use just the feminine side. And now, and if you look at the feminine side, like the essential oils, which while essential oils are good, if you look at food, when you smell food, what's going on is the essence is burning off. And when that hits your body, what it does is makes your mouth water. It makes your stomach gurgle. You start throwing bile into your stomach and getting ready to process those hard salts which is what you need and crave. So the power comes in and it's in the salt side, the, the feminine side unlocks the salt side. So we put one and nine together. So which is the snake head, if you look at my, if you look at the tree, would be the snake head biting the tail or the Orboros or Jormungandr or whatever uh, snake creature you wanna call it, is the snake head biting the tail. And the uh, and then you have the piece off to the side is the snake handler, which makes a zero. Now, before, let's say a plant dies out in the field. When the plant dies, the first thing that happens is the water releases, and then the oils start baking off, and they ascend, and they go up and ascend up. Then your body starts rotting, and everything starts breaking down and everything descends down until you get your to your base salts. Then the oil from the top cools down, falls back to earth and finds some salts again. It's definitely not going to be the same salts because it's just not lucky like that, but it's going to find salts again and recombine and recombine, get breathed in and recombine with earth again. And you're going to restart your life transmutation kind of kind of like this is a perfect system from our point of view and what you're describing is why because one thing becomes another becomes another becomes another and so we have a self-regulating system well i don't know if it's fair to say it's it's seeking equilibrium i don't know if that's correct probably isn't correct but the point i'm making here is that even though humans come in and we screw up systems this system is still going to do what it does water will become air air you know it will Absolutely. keep looping through these philosophical principles and this is a thing that science refuses to recognize for the most part absolutely so with that you can see an infinity sign 
where the one side is looping up and falling back down and the other side's coming down and looping back up. So now when you take and rather than die, you do the alchemy. Now the one bites the nine and it makes a loop. It turns the, so it turns you into a circle, which is a new order, a new plant order in this case. The snake handlers created a new plant order. And now it moves up and then connects up again with something else because even though you've completed in and of yourself, you move up to the next macroverse and you link up with something again and then you again have a masculine and feminine as always, as above, so below. Is there any portion of this process um, as the degradation of like the dead, the dying plant or the dead plant that you're talking about, is there any portion of it that doesn't come right back or does it all cycle back in somehow? Well, the... the uh, the idea is, is that you take out the carbon, water, and cellular material, and those are the things that belong to the earth. And then the other thing that gets left out is metal particulates, which is what uh, the Gnostics referred to as archons. Those also get washed out. Um, so all this earth stuff, you want to get that out of there and get the purity of the prima materia, which is the very purity of the oil and the salt put together and now you have a different thing. So rather than before where the story was, the oil would go up and fall down and find whatever salts it found and create a life. Now, instead, when if I heat this oil up, it'll go up and down and those salts are already in it. So anything else that I mix in there, when I throw it back in that distiller, at the end of the distiller in the, fla at the, end, in the end flask will be that pure oil and salt locked as one. That is that is the phoenix. If every time I throw fire to that, it's going to burn up, rise, and fall back down and be exactly the same as it was when I started. Is this the process that occurs within what's called an alembic? Yes. So You bet. So there's going to be an idea of exaltation here, and I'll hearken back to the modern drug makers. You know, there's no purification. There's no recombination. So you could almost say that any given medication or, or so-called drug has not only not been purified, but it's probably heavily masculine, or it's, it's a fraction of the whole, whereas the process being described here always comes back to the idea of a whole for the most part, right? Exactly. It's always a it's always a, a perfect combination of the masculine and feminine. Each side purified to its to its most pure and then recombined. And when you do that, that thing now can be put through the fire and will come back the same every time. Only a human being, it is said, having these abilities to take this perfection we call nature, what appears to be perfect from our point of view, and then exalt it to something more. That's basically what we're talking about, right? Because we, we're the fifth element. We're the one that's throwing in. We're that conscious that's throwing in there. The snake handler is throwing in the spark while it's doing the multiplication. Because when the plant dies, uh, it loses its spark. Uh, that's something that gets left out of a lot of talks uh, where they're talking about magic, like uh, talking about slaughterhouses and whatnot. And everybody talks about uh, magic uh, due to that. They leave out the uh, death spark. Does this imply that there's something special to humanity that's unique? The level of consciousness that we have, yes. 
Absolutely. I mean, talking about sparks, it's basically the idea of the spark of divinity, right? We are the fifth element in this this kind of construct that we're laying out here um, because you have all this nature doing what it does, perfect from our point of view. If a thing needs to happen, it will happen. It'll happen exactly when it needs to happen. And yet a human being can interact with this apparently perfect system and lift it to what's typically called exalting a thing um but let's get back to the death spark can you i mean because i've been, well, saying, when I, I've when been I, saying that slaughterhouses are are basically leveraging off animal sacrifice so talk about the death spark well it, it's pretty easy with a human uh they've actually done the experiments so just like a battery when a battery's got its spark it's charged and everybody can test this at home a battery weighs much more when it's full than it does empty when a person dies, if I'm not mistaken, it's 21 grams of energy leaves that person and they actually immediately upon death weigh less. Well, this is pure energy and it's something that can vary that just like any other energy can be channeled. And when you uh, put it into a, any type of a combined spot, be it a slaughterhouse or a death camp or anything like that, where you're creating all of that spark, you're, you're, doing it all in one spot, then it just becomes that much easier to channel and control. So let's be clear about this. If you go to look up the 21 grams idea online, almost everything you get is going to poo-poo the idea. You're going to be pointed to people back in the day who did the experiments, waiting for people to die, putting them on a scale, and you're going to continually hear over and over that there's nothing to it in a lot of mainstream sources. But I will also mention there is a movie out of Hollywood, which of course resurrects the idea, naming their movie 21 grams. This is wholly what it's about. So anyhow, go ahead, Ben. Absolutely. So this is this is your spark. And that spark is one of your last pieces. That's the life in it. Because like I said, when the plant's dead, you still got the oil, you've still got the body. But in order to get some action there, you need that spark, you need some energy. So the humans providing that in the you're providing the conscious and the energy into this system, because the plants lost it. So, I, I mean, I guess we should take a minute to talk about, you know, you are what you eat. So if you had a diet where you simply harvested living plants and ate them immediately, you could make the argument that you're ingesting life. I mean, if you walk up to a tree and you pick an orange and you peel it and eat it immediately, I've likened it to sunlight and a wrapper. But basically, this is what the Gerson method leverages off, cured so many types of cancer that you're actually ingesting the life essence here. Um, And I think that's an important point to make because, you know, when I was young, typical cooking in the United States meant you threw something in water and boiled it till it was dead. Like when (laughs) when I was young and you went somewhere to get asparagus, you basically got mush. (laughs) They called it asparagus, but it was mush. So basically all the nutrients that could have been ingested, some of them are left behind in the water, but some of it's gone. And um, I think that people need to understand there's a far cry between going out to the field picking an asparagus and eating it on the spot or taking it home and then cooking it. Um, the less you cook it, probably the better off you are, but I think you're getting at here. So while the nutrients, the, the side of the nutrients, let's go back to our alchemy. When you burn off that food, like you said, it's, it's been put through way too much heat. Yep. The side that actually is affected by heat is the feminine side. 
So the side that's going to immediately start boiling off and, and rising up into the air is the etheric oils. The perfume, now, you could think of it as the perfume, right? The, the female right. aspect, it's, it's what smells good to you. Exactly. Which is, again, what causes your mouth to water, your bile to start producing, and your body to start preparing to take in those salts. But if you burn off too, the, the terpenes, which is the smell and whatnot, is the most volatile, lowest level of uh, the oils. That's what's going to burn off first. If you keep burning it, you're going to burn off your higher level oils. Now, what the feminine does is, is, as we just described with the body, it prepares the body to take in those salts. The feminine unlocks the masculine. So when you burn off all those oils, now you've made the salts no longer bioavailable. So this is just like where people eat DMT all day and don't trip because you don't have the MAOI inhibitor that's allowing you to actually use it. It's the same concept. This is what it's in your body, but you can't use it anymore because the key that was unlocking it and making it bioavailable has been cooked off and aired out. Now, I, I want to take this off on a little side note with your you guys' uh, cymatics since we're right here on this subject. Okay. Now, Emoto, if you look at Emoto's work, when he went around to just different cities and different locations and took droplets of water and froze them, there was a memory in that water that when you just flash froze it, it gave a picture or a crystal, you know, formation that kind of gave you an idea of what's going on in that water surroundings, whether it's a positive or negative or whatever, however you want to read that. So when he decided to start actually putting in an outside force to it, the first thing he had to do was distill the water out. He had to remove those salts out of the water. So that way the water no longer had memory and then water without any type of an influence was going to flash, flash freeze into a Pentagon. So is that implying somehow that it was the body um, was a key constituent in, in the memory in the first place? And not only implying that, I'm also implying that in order to read that memory, you have to have the feminine to unlock it. Because looking at the salt, you can't see anything. As soon as you mix it in with the water and you flash freeze it, all of a sudden there's there's a vibration there that you can see. And that if you understood what it was saying, you could read. Now, let's take this a step further. If the water's unlocked the salt in order to read from it, here's my question to you guys. How long do I have to put that vibration in in order to change it? If I take that salt water and I keep hitting it with a frequency, how long before that frequency moves from the short-term water memory into the long-term salt memory where I can dry it up and go take that salt and put it into some other water and repeat that vibration without external force. So, I mean, if I was going to venture a guess, I would say when it reaches resonance. I have no idea. 
This is, this is a legitimate question I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems to me like as, like if you were looking at a crystal and a moto, you know, people can look up Dr. Emoto and the work he did with water. Um, you know, you can see a crystal. This is from polluted water. See a crystal. This is from blessed holy water. This, you know, you can go look at all the different crystals. To me, I think the cymatics would be the key there. When you can deduce the cymatic pattern or the form of the crystal, I, I would estimate that it's likely at that point would be the answer to your query. It's just a guess, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw right. it out there. It's just a logical guess. Well, I, I think that there's probably a specific time period into this. Hmm. And I, if I'm going to guess at it, I'm going to say seven. I, I, I'm going to say, well, depending on how complex, I also think that that's going to be factored into this because I think changing, let's say you put in just a singular uh, and how complex the crystal is. So you put in a singular one out of the lower unstable levels, that one's going to be very easy to change and get to hold. In order to move it to all the way to the, uh, to the number one chakra and, uh, and affect that crystal that would be represented by that dot, that's going to take a whole lot more work because now mm. we're talking about the stable fraction. I so see. we're talking about long and short-term memory here. Now let's look at uh, the way these cycles go and the way they're controlling things. How long do you have to do things to a people before their their body no longer just naturally remembers the things that it was supposed to do, the things that came natural to it, uh, is naturally connected to the earth? Your body has those salts in it. How long do you have to keep pounding on those salts with a resonance before we start changing a human and start yep. writing things into that salt? Such a good point. Such a good point. So I'm very curious when you guys do this, if you guys put salts in there, how long it takes to make these changeovers and see if we can actually, because when you're looking at uh, like the breakdowns, it takes so many, it takes with a plant, it's 40 days with, and with a metal, it's 40 days. These are simple things with a man. It's 40 years with a civilization Let's look at uh, let's look at the Hebrew book, and for some odd reason, every time that they were being held slaves, I'm quoting, doing quotation marks here. Every time they were being held slaves for 400 years, and then all of a sudden, that civilization worshipped their god, and they had all their stuff. And isn't that very magical? How that just kept happening every 400 years. The 40 days and the 40 years as well are encoded in that. So I, I think you're pointing out the uh, the natural knowledge encoded into those writings. Right. And I think that in order to change a people, an entire civilization then, and because we're talking about a whole lot of salts, we're talking about recycled salts that, you know, generationally, and in order to wipe out and just completely change and adulterate a civilization, I think takes 400 years. And I think that has to do with the uh, transition of things cymatically into the salts. Does this have anything to do with the chemtrailing and the barium aluminum salts they're hitting us with day in and day out? The, as For the chemtrailing, this was very interesting. I, I, I took some time uh, looking this up. So originally, when now let's take this back to alchemy. Alchemically, currently, your high masculine is Saturn, and that's what you have access to. Now, they didn't, back in like the Hebrew writings, they didn't even recognize Uranus. 
Now, Uranus in Roman texts, according to the Roman text, Uranus was born of the ether, has no father, so he's the etheric sky god, uh, or he was uh, born of the ether in Gaia. Then he turned around and mated with Gaia and produced the Titans. Let's put a caveat here so people don't get lost in space. Uh, from my point of view, what's happening here is these are philosophical stories to personify a natural idea, and they're really not thinking about a god in the way that we think about gods now. So I just want to make right. that perfectly clear. These well, are these are almost like philosophical roadmaps, so it gives you a way to think about things. Maybe that's a better way. What do you think? So, so I'll tie this together in just a second um, and, and take it back to the more scientific end of it. So he produced the Titans. Now, the Titans are going to be your dense, earthy, etheric. Now, at that point, the sky or your dense, earthy, I, so your salty type things, that's your Titans. So now the etheric sky god got scared that they would overtake his power so he flooded the earth with his essence and locked them in the earth. Now, Uranus's essence is aluminum. Hmm. So what aluminum's doing, and I, I spoke to a nutritionist about this, aluminum shuts down your salts and makes them no longer bioavailable. It's shutting down your masculine side. And then if you look up barium, Barium is supposedly driven by a number of uh, stars or power cells or whatever you think they are. Because, uh, again, with the, like, like you were saying, whether you think it's a god or not, aluminum comes from Uranus and aluminum has this effect. So whether you think that there was a consciousness behind that or not, that's up to you. What you can't deny is, is that it has this effect on the human body. Now, barium... Barium stops aluminum from oxidizing, but it also creates a more violent reaction with aluminum and other things because of it. So as the aluminum sitting out in the air, instead of just degrading and oxidizing down into and breaking down into the tiniest parts, when you mix it with that barium, it holds together nicely. I think I read recently that in Hebrew, which they have sky clock knowledge, it goes back probably damn near as far as anyone's. They didn't even have words for the ideas of Neptune or Uranus until it was recent, man. Yeah, uh, just the last like year. Just yeah, like the last year. Not, not very long ago, suddenly they came up with a thing. But one more thing before I throw it back to you. This should give you all a better idea of when you read spiritual texts or even just in everyday parlance, someone tells you you're salt of the earth. You see all these things. We, we would not have modern existence uh, had we not had forms of alchemy. I mean, you, you couldn't even go to a liquor store because when you go look at those bottles on the shelf, it says spirits, right? That's because Absolutely. of alchemy. Go to Japan, all that healthy food they eat in Japan, wholly dependent on alchemical procedures. Miso soup is fermented. Cheeses are fermented. All kinds of soybean paste are fermented. This is all on the back of alchemy, and don't get me started on the samurai sword. But anyhow, back to you, Ben. Well, and the same thing with the, uh, with the Vikings, with their, uh, with their famous swords. Right. You know, the Vikings uh, famously, the way they discovered it was they were taking their ancestors and imbuing their ancestors into their swords so they would have their ancestors' powers. Well, that was the carbon and the ash from their bodies, and the carbon would then strengthen the steel. 
Hmm, that's interesting. So, I mean, are you kind of suggesting that that was literal? They they cremated their their forefathers and then put the cremated remains um, that had been calcif cal that would be I guess negredo on calcification um, and then put that back into the steel that they were making their weapons with. Absolutely, and imbued that into their uh, all kinds of cultures. Imbue amulets with their uh, dead relatives' wow. parts, all kinds of things. Uh, it's very interesting, you know. Human intention is a powerful thing, man. People have no idea how powerful human intention is. Absolutely. And then and then the other thing with that is then you also notice these old, uh, when they were burning their relatives, you notice these old pyres. And it looked like they basically stacked a house under these guys. Well, the first time, and I highly, highly recommend everybody actually just go do an alchemical experiment. Your basic plant spagyrics, you can do at home uh, on a lower level. You can do this at home for $30, $40 worth of parts. I, so I highly recommend doing it. And you're going to find out when you do the nigrado, this one's a real life lesson. Yep. Because you're trying to change and turn into something better and release all that nasty. And you you hit it with the flame and you hit it with the flame and it's all burning and, and the top starts turning white and you're all impressed and you go to mix it up and everything underneath is just black as night. And you do it again and again, and every time you stir it up and go to grind it down a little bit, it just turns black again. And you're like, how the Sam hell? Are you kidding me? There's and nothing. Old, yeah, you would think there's nothing left here but carbon, right? Science taught me that. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, it's insane. And you're like over and over. And this is no different than life. When you're trying to make a change and trying to burn out them nasty things in you, and then all of a sudden, the first time a, a bad situation comes up and somebody comes up and says something that triggers you and you all of a sudden react just like this way that you've been trying to get rid of. Same concept. It does. These things don't burn out easy. You've got to do it over and over and over. And it's 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 ridiculous with the nigrado. But uh, when you do that, then you realize that uh, this was a simple plant matter. And I just had to put this thing in fire for like five hours and it's there isn't bone in there and all those other things that would have been required in order to release the salts in the bodies of a, of a living being. So this is why they had basically a house worth of timber underneath these things when they were doing the funeral pyres. Good point. And, you know, you got to wonder, this must be the foundational basis for cliches like trial by fire, right? Um, but again, we should point out whenever you're doing an alchemical process or a spagyric process, the idea is that you're learning how to apply these techniques to yourself, the living human being. And so maybe this is some version of trial by fire. Absolutely. Every one of these things, that's where the entire philosophy comes from, is is that every one of these things you should be applying to yourself. Right. Um, and it doesn't, and every culture has this story and it doesn't matter whether it's, uh, the Christ story where, or whether it's Odin, my own personal, uh, faith with Odin, uh, it doesn't get Mithras. They all have this story and you can follow it. Like with e Christ, every single went, culture we should point yes. out. It's not, I mean, that's what shows you the truth here. Every culture. Yes, they might have a little different phrasing for it, but you can follow the entire story where the the where the head god character and here's 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 a very interesting subject. So a lot of people confuse the deities. Now, like with Odinism, 
Odin is entirely different than the entire rest of the pantheon. The entire rest of the pantheon are etheric beings. They're, they're feminine. They're from the ether side. So when you're looking at your tree of life, they only have access to that top three, to that top three squares. They don't access anything below that. Now, when you're talking about the descended beings, all we're talking about is material beings, which at the end of alchemy, we can see are the same as the ascended. It's the same thing. It's all just a cycle. Um, but they only have access to your bottom three. Now, in my culture, those are called land whites. So that's going to be your spirits of a, a lake, a mountain, a plant, uh, earthy things instead of etheric things. Now, when you're looking at all these other, the trifold beings like Odin, Mithras, and Yeshua, they're the ones that are putting all three minds together. That's the, every time that one's the story of personal alchemy, where they go through an extended period of breakdown and torture, whether it's uh, Yeshua carrying the cross for, and it being in such pain he was sweating blood, uh, Odin hanging on the tree. Uh, you're talking about the fermentation process where the, where the prima materia is getting broken down and eaten away from the inside. And then at, and then at that point, the spirit and the body separates. Now in the, in the Christian story, at that point, Yeshua screams out, uh, why did you leave me? Well, I left because things are really screwed up down there. You're going through torture and the spirit can't handle that. The spirit's subject to uh, tainting, you know, the old uh, a woman scorned, right? So the, the, the feminine side is subject. When you put fire to that, it doesn't react near as well. You can't hit that with the heat like you can the masculine side. So it goes back out into the universe and reconnects with the universe and then the masculine side is where you get the wisdom, where the hard memory is, and then they, you start going through the nigrado of that personally. Then you, the two come back together, and you're this magical being. Let's throw out a couple definitions just to try to ground everybody who's not familiar with these ideas. Let's just quickly define the three philosophical principles. We've talked a lot about body here. Um, one of the others is the spirit, and the other is the soul. Um, and these are important things to think about when you're hearing what Ben is saying now, because in an overarching way, these are just philosophical ways a human mind can think about processes of natural of the natural world. That's the way I view it. Um, you may have a slightly different version, but let's just quickly define spirit, which we pointed out every time you go into a liquor store. Every hard alcohol says spirits on it. Well, this is what we're talking about. When you go to the, the, the drugstore and you see the ethyl alcohol, that's the spirit. Um, to further define it, when a human being takes a breath, you could equate that with the spirit, the breath. But when you come over to the soul, and by the way, spirit is always unconscious. When we're talking about soul, now we're talking about consciousness, and then when we're talking about body, it's literally the, the, the mundane, coarse things, you know, the salts. It is the body. So I just wanted to lay all that out for people so they could maybe start to draw the lines back. So we're, we're almost to the top of the hour, so let's, uh, let's just wrap up hour one here, Ben. How would you like to wrap up hour one? So when, when we're looking at that, absolutely. So we've got our oils. We've got this, which is unlocks the salts and opens up the salts and then we've got our spark our consciousness 
So now this is where humans are different and why we can do all of these things. We, we're on that level of consciousness. The soul, the consciousness, which is S-O-U-L, um, but I was going to say not to be confused with S-O-L, but those two words share that commonality for a reason. Um, and this, too, is laced throughout so many of the religious traditions. But anyhow, go ahead, Ben. Right. And we are the only ones that live on the manifest plane. If we look at this as like an architecture system, the etheric gods, if you want to call them gods, the etheric beings are your architects. They're the ones that have the best information. But because and they're moving the fastest. But at the end of the day, this is just an idea. It's a picture of a house. Do you want to go live in that piece of paper? It's not doing you any good. So you've got to take and send this down to the supply house, the, the dense supplies, and you've got to get your supplies. And at the end of the day, that's still just a pile of supplies in the middle on the manifest plane where we're operating, where we have access to both the etheric and the dense, we're able to put them together and, and manifest so I'll tell you what, Ben, um, we're right at the top of the hour. Let's wrap it up here. Um, when we come back for hour two, we're going to blow this open much, much wider. But just before we close down, to put a fine point on, because people keep saying gods or however you want to think about that, and I think a lot of people get hung on it. Basically, what we're saying is nature is like a living system, right? All the little components play their part. They're in motion. They're forever changing. It's forever one thing into another into another. So I'll ask, I mean, you could almost, and if you were going to take modern chemistry ideas, which basically their foundation is alchemy, no matter how you slice it, if you took something like carbon, that could almost be considered a god, couldn't it? Um, Absolutely. Right. So I just want to make that point. Anyhow, that does bring hour one of episode 162 to a close. And I guess I should ask, Jason, is there anything you want to add before I wrap it up here? We are still looking to get out on more shows and hopefully different shows. So if anyone's got any suggestions, please send them over. All right. I hope you guys will all join us over in the free speech zone over at crow777radio.com where we're going to blow this open a lot wider and try to kind of no-nonsense layout that people can think about in a reasonable way to start to understand the value of the natural world because this is what we're talking about. Nature. What is permissible within the scope of nature and how older traditions developed these so-called sciences that were wholly bound to what nature will allow. Anyhow, that's it for 162. Join us for hour two over at crow 7 radiocom Cheers.